Blog Talk Radio. Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Indeed, 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 ladies and gentlemen, episode 334. This is the Pancakes and Power Slams. We are live and living. Kelly and Funky Like Among If You Will. I am Chris Featherstone. As always, follow us at Crave Wrestling on Twitter and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. Got a really, really fun, interesting, awesome interview for you this week. Uh, This week is going to be 2018 Hall of Famer Jeff Jarrett, ladies and gentlemen. So it's a very, very awesome, awesome interview Get into great detail about some really interesting subjects. So please enjoy, share, subscribe to iTunes, check out all the interviews that uh, you haven't heard from ever since 2012. <laughs> so be sure to subscribe, be sure to support this show, Pancakes of Power Slam, six plus years going strong for you all who are listening. Thank you so much. And if you're listening to it right now, be sure to share it to one or two or a few people. So, uh, more people can know how awesome this show is because of your listener support. So once again, thank you so much for being such an amazing, amazing fan base of the Pancakes Power Slam show. This Jeff Chair's interview is going to be uh, awesome for you to listen to, so enjoy it. Of course, we got so much to talk about on the other side. We got TakeOver, SmackDown, Raw, SummerSlam. We got so much to talk about. We got uh, All In (laughs) to talk about as well. Uh, this the final week this week is going to be another fans' choice. It's going to be a tournament style. Uh, so for those who are listening to audio, uh, you can hop on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube page 
uh, right after the interview. Uh, and let's have some fun. Of course, interaction. Of course, wrestling trivia. For those who are listening to it in archives, that's fine. That's fine. You can still be a part of the wrestling trivia as well, and you can also give your um, your, your your choice when it comes to the tournament. But of course, we'd love to have you live to join us with the very very fun interaction that we do every single week. Without further without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we got the man. Uh, we got WWE Hall of Famer 2018, Jeff Jarrett. Enjoy, and we'll be back on the other side. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Featherstone. Of course, this is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Weekly interview this week is uh, really interesting. I'm, this is a uh, it's a very interesting story I have with this guy. Uh, he just uh, there was uh, there was a show that he was booking, um, and this was probably 2008 or 2009. There was a show that he was booking. And uh, uh, he he came across my hometown, Columbus. He ended up telling me the reason why, because he had to stop for gas. So he, he um, I randomly had to go to the to the store uh, to get something. I think I wanted something to drink. I think like some type of uh, uh, some type of beverage, uh, some some fruit punch or something like that. And I saw his wife. Uh, coming out of the store, and I said, "No, there's, there's no way. I mean, they're, they're from Tennessee. They're what, what? what? <laughs> there's, that's way from Ohio." And, uh, and so I said, "Okay, well, if I see her, her husband has to be near." And so I looked over to the gas station, and this guy was right there. And uh, he, uh, I went, walked up to him cordially. He was, uh, ap- he was 100 percent friendly with me. We discussed, we chatted for a little bit. And uh, yeah, he uh, gave me some tickets. So uh, th- that's the experience that I have with this person that's been on that's go- coming on the show tonight. And finally, we were able to get our schedules together to make this happen. So Jeff Jarrett, how are you tonight? My man, Chris, how we doing? I'm <laughs> doing. Pan- pancakes and power slams. I've never heard the backstory on. It's obvious where power slams come from, but the pancakes. Are you a pancake connoisseur like myself? I like pancakes, but. Uh, it- the, the the show launched the very first episode was April of 2012 and the show was a inti- I I intended originally for the show to be a morning recap of Raw so Tuesday morning fresh off and that's where the pancakes came from and then the next week uh, I tried it on the uh, morning as a pilot the next night I did it at 11 o'clock uh, Eastern time and ever since then. Uh, it haven't changed. It's been there since <laughs> the numbers and the support grew exponentially, and uh, that's the time slot that I kept it, and it's been successful ever since. Well, cool, Chris, and and I appreciate you uh, sharing that story. I actually do remember that, as bizarre as that may sound. So, uh, yes, uh, good to catch up, good to chat. Looking forward to talking. Uh, got a lot on the horizon. Yes. Uh, I know as of late. Uh, Obviously, specifically due to the Hall of Fame, a lot of people, uh, when I get on uh, interviews, we're, we're talking about the past, but and I'm more than willing to do that, but certainly excited about uh, the future uh, for darn sure. So we'll get to that. It's your interview. I'll let you roll from here. Absolutely. So speaking of the past, uh, let's go way back. Let's go way like 30 years ago. Uh, you are a Memphis uh, Territory guy. Of course, your father's Jerry. 
And, uh, you know, he's a territory guy, just uh, one of the biggest promoters uh, of the 80s. And um, uh, I remember binging last year. Uh, I've been a wrestling fan for almost 35 years. And and I remember binging uh, last year just the whole series, like probably a couple of years of Continental Wrestling Association uh, with, uh, of course, um, Dave Brown and uh, uh, my boy Lance Russell. Uh, and there were so many awesome names <laughs> that I remember seeing. Yourself, uh, The Undertaker when he was uh, the Master Blaster, I think he was. Of course, Robert Parker when he was Robert Fuller. Uh, Scott Steiner, Bam Bam Bigelow, Sid Vicious. There was such a hotbed of talent in that organization. And you were a, a ruddy, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old kid at that time. Just, I mean, it's funny. Just kind of go back then and just let me know just what your aspirations were. And now you're in the Hall of Fame, you know, 30-plus years later. What were you thinking at that time? just starting in the business at such a young age? Well, <laughs> I'm not sure how much thinking I was doing. I love it a lot of, of reactions. But, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, I'm one of five kids and, and grew up in the in, around the industry, in the industry, my grandmother, my father, my grandfather on the other side. Um, but, no, I, I played college ball one year and, and got into the business. Um and, you know, those early days, um, gosh, in North America years ago, uh, before cable television, there were basically 22 regional territories, mm-hmm. and uh, we were the last one sort of standing. But in 86, when I broke in, you know, Kansas City, um, you know, uh, Watts and, and Texas and Florida, the territories were, were definitely, you know, uh, still going. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, 86 is when things started for the territory business downhill because that's not long after that a couple years you know uh the crockets and and then the watts and they all became turner's organization and 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 one by one the territories uh basically dried dried up closed shop but you know in in the territory days um a lot of talent and and thankfully so funneled through there um we when i broke in and this is something when i talk to you guys it's almost hard to imagine uh, that, that, you know, every Monday night for seven years, mm. I wrestled in Memphis, Tennessee wow. and, and, and the same for Louisville, Kentucky and Evansville, Indiana and Nashville, Tennessee on Saturdays. And that's how we told stories. And that was the business model. So a lot of towns you go in and you're there at the very earliest every three months. Mm. Uh, and, and, and so it's much more of an event as opposed to a weekly episodic, uh, uh, storyline. And so it was just different. So uh, the mindset and the, the process of becoming a professional wrestler uh, was completely different in those days in that, you know, the moves uh, were, were, were not the priority by any stretch. It was the ability to tell a story. Yes. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the things that the foundation and I got lucky and blessed and I'm very grateful for it that I those building blocks were laid in me at an early age from day one and um, so you have to tell your weekly story, and to tell your weekly story, you have to start a match and end a match telling a story. Mm-hmm. There was really no options. You, 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 you wouldn't stick around long if you went out and just did a set of moves, yep. uh, if that was your skill set. So what was I thinking was your question? I'm going a long way around, but I was thinking about an awful lot. But first and foremost was becoming a professional wrestler uh, and being the very best I could. You know, I had some athletic ability. Again, uh, I was always mesmerized by not only what went in the ring, but outside the ring, 
concession, marketing, production, television production, uh, creative, all that kind of stuff that goes with it. But what was I thinking, Chris? It was thinking how to become a better professional wrestler yeah. and, you know, getting to be around uh, the likes of a, of a Jerry Lawler and a Dutch Mantel and, and, and Bill Dundee and the Fabs and the Rock and Roll Express. And then the names you mentioned, you know, Bam Bam Bigelow. I remember when he came down from Jersey. Uh, you know, hadn't been in the business a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I could go on and on and on about different names uh, that came through uh, at an early deal. Scott Steiner, uh, me and him immediately hit off, became, you know, best friends. Did I think 30 years later we'd still be the best of friends? I, I don't believe so. But, you know, that's where we met back mm-hmm. in 88 uh, when he came through fresh out of college. So uh, lifelong uh, friendships, but 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 uh, having the ability to, to, to go to a wrestling show, seven nights a week uh, certainly laid the foundation for Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Jerry Lawler. Of course, uh, we were saddened to see, you know, to, to hear of his son, uh, Brian Christopher Lawler, passing. And um, uh, just share your thoughts on just Brian Christopher as far as, you know, he was a Memphis guy. He was real big in, in, in USWA when you were, uh, you were uh, one of the top names in USWA as well. And uh, what are just your thoughts of just working with Brian and overall overall thoughts? Well, you know, um, I'm five years older than Brian, mm-hmm. and so obviously I'd been wrestling uh, several years when when he broke in, and I can remember thinking vividly, remember thinking, uh, you know, and I didn't get an opportunity to ever really share in detail because life gets in the way and, and our careers kept going. But I can remember him getting in going oh, wow, thank God, now I'm not the only promoter's kid on the car, you know, <laughs> yeah. because because for five, you know, almost five years, four years, I, I was uh, the son of the promoter, mm-hmm. and that's not always easy at times. Yes, it opens a lot of doors, but it also puts an ex- extreme amount of pressure. But, you know, um, uh, I was fortunate, like I said, to work around a lot of great people, but when me and Brian, um, you know, got in, and I was the – I guess you could say when we got in the ring, I was the ring general and I led the matches and stuff like that. We had not just good chemistry, but great chemistry really from day one. And I know it's, you know, you're saying, oh, man, you're saying that because of the timing. But you can go back and look. We really had good chemistry. Oh, yeah. we, didn't mind, we didn't mind being super competitive with one another, um, a la Stiff or a la, uh, you know, uh, maybe a controlled reckless. Uh, but but uh, on both levels, I think we both had a lot of respect for our ability in the ring. We had a lot of respect for uh, what we uh, the position. You know, his dad was uh, and my dad were business partners mm-hmm. and super successful uh, going back till you know the late seventies. Uh, and so uh, that kind of respect for one another. But you know, Brian's uh, in ring ability. Uh, you know, as a, you know, yes, he, he he's most famous for Too Cool and and, and a tag team that had the dancing and a bit of comedy to it and all that kind of stuff. But Brian uh, could carry his weight. Um, you know, I, I think we're both sort of the same. Yes, we played the babyface role uh, quite often, but but our, our natural skill set was heels. And uh, Brian was a really, really good heel. And, and our athletic ability, and, and I can remember several times, um, you know, me and Brian were, were in the slots of the main event or semi-main event, and, and you know, we're... we're we're sons of the promoters, but when we go out and, and have the best match of the night, it certainly uh, made both of us and, and, and our fathers and, and the box office. Mm-hmm. Well, me and Brian had, had some good runs at the box office, so all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, uh, 
what a just tragic and, and every day I guess it seems like it, it becomes more and more of a tragic situation and and uh, you know me getting the text the multiple texts right I was overseas in London and uh, in a way I was when I first heard the news I'm like oh my god I'm thousands of miles away but in reality uh, God's got a way of handling things and that really gave me some time over there to process things mm. and just remember Brian and uh, uh, I, I put in my Instagram um, post you know the disease of addiction is dark it, it really really is dark and, and left untreated uh, it can become fatal uh, that's for sure so uh, uh, Brian I got nothing um, you know uh, just when I when I I, I want to think about all the good memories and, and, you know, uh, I, I, Brian had a unique way of getting under your skin, but in, in a way that 10 minutes later, you're like, how could you be mad at this guy? <laughs> uh, so he, uh, good dude, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I, I remember watching him. I was in high school during the, uh, well, I was in college during, uh, the, the, uh, uh too cool era. And, um, yeah, he when he won the tag team championships, and uh, it was it was it was a really really cool time. Definitely, definitely uh, one of the the top tag teams of the Attitude Era. It's it's funny when in hindsight when you think about stuff like that, you know, you think of the Edge and Christians, you think of the Dudley Boys, you think of the Hardy Boys. But in that fourth slot, you know, sometimes even that third slot, um, you know, you have you had two cool. They were as popular as, as the top teams at the time. Yeah, without question, and you know when you when you talk about that, you know Scott Scott Taylor, Scotty Too Hotty was a, was another young guy that came to Memphis and right out of high school, literally right out of high school, and came down and and um, you know uh, you know when him and Brian hooked up, um, you know as they say overnight success. But, but Scotty is another guy who who uh, marked his time and worked his butt off and, and deserves. Uh, all the success he had, and I'm happy for where he's at yep. now. Yep. Uh, and uh, but yeah, that the, the the two cool tag team uh, is probably a little bit understated, but they had that magic with Kishi mm-hmm. and, and just how, how the presentation uh, was truly uh, a, a sports entertainment personified. Yeah, absolutely. So of course this year uh, I was there um, at the at the Hall of Fame cer- ceremony in New Orleans and. Uh, it was uh, it was really fun. Uh, it was funny. It's funny how uh, I, I was waiting for with my baby tonight to to come out, and it did. Uh, so I was uh, <laughs> my my desires were fulfilled. Uh, but it, it just you know one thing I noticed um, is how humbled you were, uh, just really accepting the uh, the the award, the privilege, the honor of being uh, in the 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 very elite list of Hall of Famers. And I was watching the. I was doing a lot of coverage there. I'm usually there for about four or five days doing coverage, and uh, I was, you know, in the hotel room. I was doing a lot of watching videos of this, the Hall of Fame, and I was watching your videos, and I was like, man, you know, um, you know, the highs and lows that you've had over the past 32 years. Um, it really culminates this weekend because I really saw how humble you were. Just really accepting now, you know. I've, I've interviewed over a hundred wrestlers and a bunch of Hall of Famers, and you know, it seems like, you know, some some people have the kind of the vantage point of, uh, well, I deserve it, so I'm just going to walk in here with my with my shoulders up and kind of uh, my chest bowed up. But when when I when I saw your videos and when I saw your speech, 
it was a different approach that I got from you. It was, you know what, uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. Uh, I can't say I don't deserve it because I put in the work, but at the same time, I'm honored that I was chosen among the <laughs> the, the, the smorgasbord of professional wrestlers I was chosen this year, especially coming and, and recovering from a very dark time in my life. So I applaud you for that and just kind of go through just what you were thinking that weekend uh, before and after you, you accepted the, uh, the the induction into the Hall of Fame. Well, Chris, absolutely no apology needed. You're, you're sort of stating facts there on, 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 on many levels. But, no, that's exactly how I felt. Um, that's as authentic and as a real statement uh, that, that I could make or you could make. Uh, because, you know, for multiple reasons, um, the, you know, 2017, by any stretch of the imagination, I would not call that a all-star year mm-hmm. uh, or a Hall of Fame year, uh, to say the least. But, uh, but you know, um, and when the cameras came to my house that Tuesday uh, before uh, WrestleMania weekend, because SmackDown was doing their final episode, uh, their digital crew, uh, WWE.com, showed up and the cameras were rolling in and they were filming a bunch of stuff the day you know, the, the life of the day of Jeff and just all kind of stuff. But they asked me something, gosh, it was like 6.20 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, the, a flood of emotions came over because, you know, not only my grandmother and my father, but I've run a business before. Yeah. And I know what it takes to succeed. I know what it takes to fail and a little bit of everything between. And the WWE collectively and one person um, uh, in particular, they didn't have to do it. Uh, they just didn't. It's it's literally that simple. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, an extreme sense of gratitude and 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 humbled and and the timing and and everything. I I, I don't believe in coincidences. It's only convergences. And I know that uh, for whatever reason, uh, the time must have been right. I certainly didn't plan on it. And you damn right, I was shocked mm-hmm. on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you know. Uh, I was certainly going to ride the wave and, and be very uh, grateful for it. And, and, you know, and I said it when I was on stage, Chris, and, and I meant every word of it, you know, for me and, and, and everything that I put into this business uh, almost pales in comparison when you think about a, a single mother of two in the 1940s who just needed a second job. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, two signs on that door, uh, help wanted and tickets, wrestling tickets for sale. And she went in and she said, I read both your signs or however she said it. Um, you know, I, I'm answering both your signs. Uh, she, she wanted to apply for help and she wanted to be a part of, uh, selling wrestling tickets. Mm-hmm. And so for, for, for her to, uh, I mean, literally, uh, take a second job supporting her family, and turn that into a career, a woman, mind you, in a man's world in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, that's just how our industry was. Uh, I was e- eternally grateful that I got the opportunity to, to be inducted in the Hall of Fame because I inducted, you know, I, I feel I accepted it on behalf of all, all the Jareds, my dad uh, and my grandmother. So uh, that is something that, that, you know, I understand. I Maybe a little different perspective from other guys, but I, I certainly didn't lose sight of that fact that, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I was uh, extremely honored uh, to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely incredible. Now, a different spin on the Hall of Fame. Now, there's still a lot of people uh, that haven't been in the Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, you mentioned, uh, you know, he's he's not in yet. And 
British Bulldog. Uh, there's there's Brian Pillman. There, there's a lot of names who haven't you know uh, had the opportunity to be among the list of elites. Now, uh, but based on all the people you worked with over the years, what name do you think uh, should be hitting there some? You know, again, Chris, I, I, I would first off, for me to even make a semi-educated guess, uh, I would have to have a list in front of me because that's yeah. something you know I, I don't keep up with. Who's not in the Hall of Fame? And then also, you, you know, I understand as a promoter that 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 at the end of the day, the Hall of Fame is the Hall of Fame, but it's the sports entertainment. You know, yeah. we have Donald Trump, we have Mike Tyson, we now have Kid Rock. Uh, you know, we, we, we have war, Warrior Awards, and it, it, it's a different type of Hall of Fame. So it, 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 it goes without saying that you have to have, uh, for lack of a better word, because I'm using the analogy of a baseball, you have to have the stats to back it up. Mm-hmm. But there, there are also so many intangibles um, that, that go into it. You know, I, I heard some people, you know, Kid Rock, I, I'm biased, I'm buddies with him, and also uh, he, he's one of my favorite artists of all time. But then when I heard his quote-unquote stats as it relates to WWE, nobody's performed more yeah. uh, on WWE. And when, when you sort of take that into context, okay, here's a company that's, that's been around for generations, but there's been 35 WrestleManias or so. When you take that into consideration, okay, so, so 35 years of true sports entertainment, and this guy has the, the most appearances, you go, okay, you damn right he should be in there. Mm-hmm. But, but again, it's a business, I understand it, so... Uh, the group of wrestlers that are probably out there that there's a list made up of guys not in the Hall of Fame, I, I gotta say it's subjective. I was subjective going in, and I, uh, I respect that fact. Uh, fact, and and again, I'll go back to being. Uh, I feel lucky. I feel grateful to be in. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking to the the, the current wave of, of talent, what what is the name? You know, who's you, you have the top echelon of talent? Uh, are there any names you can think of that uh, you would like that are kind of wallowing in the, the mid-card or trying to uh, make their way up to the top that you would like to see uh, have an opportunity to really uh, uh, kind of exhibit themselves and perform as a top talent? You know, I, I, I hate to use the term wallowing because I've been on the creative side and the booking side, and sometimes a guy may, may appear to be wallowing but have great plans for him. And then there are other guys that are absolutely wallowing and quite frankly, um, lucky to have their spot at the yeah. time. Uh, and those are the guys sort of headed down the card. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, so you know, I watch a lot of wrestling, Ring of Honor, uh, New Japan. Obviously, I'm involved integrally with AAA, uh, independent promotions around the world. So everything that goes with that. But one guy that I, you know, this guy's far from following. But, 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 you know, yes, he's a main eventer. But man, I just think Seth Rollins is 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 inches away. Mm. Or, 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 or the right rivalry because I, I, I drew and you know, I told uh, Elias in our table three and, and a couple of people have asked me about since that you know I think Elias is a is a true main event rivalry away from, from breaking to, to a completely different level yeah. not to say that Elias and, and Seth are not, aren't main eventers but you know when they have that real rivalry because when you look back and you look at Stone Cold and Rock or Stone Cold and and, and uh, Vince McMahon, you know Hogan and Savage, Hogan and Warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just go all the way down that 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 line. Uh, that you know you got to look at where Lex Luger was at at the WWF, and when he jumped to WCW, overnight he became Sting's ally, and Sting was on the fence of the NWA sto- uh, NWO storyline. Uh, 
Uh, and so all of a sudden, Lex was that that personified WCW face that that made his name there, and 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 the, he really helped NWO a lot more than the people get to be credit for. Because again, it was another rivalry made: Lex Luger against NWO, Sting against NWO, yeah. and I think Seth and Elias are right in that. Uh, so they're not wallowing by any stretch, but man, when when I'm excited to see them work that magic and they really click with a robbery and I think you're off to the races with both those guys. Yeah. 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 I think those are two really good names. You mentioned triple A. Um, you recently had your second reign as the, uh, the, the top champion there. The, uh, the, the mega champion, I believe. Uh, mega champion. Yeah. Campion. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you went rogue, I believe, and had an alliance with Conan, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, after, uh, it's, it's funny because after a, a, a really heartfelt, uh, Hall of Fame speech months later, you turn rogue on us, Jeff. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a part of the business and that's the thrill of being a professional wrestler. How did that come about? And just what are your thoughts at, uh, you know, being the, the, the top, the top name of AAA at this stage of your career. It's it's unbelievable. It it is when you when you put it into context in my brain that you know 32 years in and and AAA is uh, arguably the, the number two. There's certainly the number two or three. Uh, WWE obviously is number one, but you got to look at New Japan and AAA is as and I'm talking about on a worldwide yeah. basis. Uh, yeah. Ring of Honor as of late, I, man hats off to those guys and their success mm-hmm. without question it's great but triple a and 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 the doors and a lot of people in this country in, in america aren't, don't realize how big they are in in central and south america yeah. they're, they're growing you know lucha underground at the end of the day is still under that triple a uh, banner but man uh for me to be in this position and and you know me and conan we go back 20 years uh and i've said it and i've said it on i've said it behind the scenes for years but but as of late, I've said it uh, on camera that he's the smartest mind in Lucha Libre history. Hmm. Um, and so when we came together and, and the opportunity presented itself, and you got uh, Dr. Wagner, uh, you know, he is a, a he's the Hulk Hogan of, of, of Mexico. And then you have Rey Mysterio, uh, you know, arguably the most famous uh, Lucha Libre wrestler in history. Hmm. Uh, and so for me to have the opportunity to, to step in the ring in a three-way and on how it went down and me and Conan reuniting, the faction of MAD, and, you know, I've been a full horseman and I've been in the NWO, uh, been, a, been in the Bullet Club, and for me to be a part of MAD, uh, it's in pretty high company. So uh, I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, got myself, um, you know, I've always stayed in decent shape, but I've really, 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 really hit it uh, since uh, late last year. And, uh Super excited! Triple Mania, twenty-two thousand people seen on a global basis uh, on Twitch. Uh, we got a huge event a week from Sunday. Absolutely. All right, so I'm gonna close with this. It's an interesting uh, idea that I had for you. Uh, so, so Paige right now she's doing a fantastic job as the current SmackDown general manager. Uh, she recently had a tweet that talked about how much you know how she misses being in the ring. So. Uh, if, if some chance, you know, we saw with Daniel Bryan, if some chance, uh, you know, uh, Paige was cleared again to, to wrestle, she's she's still very young and uh, has, you know, potentially has an opportunity to come back. Would the SmackDown general manager role be something you'd, you you uh, you would have interest in? You know, 
I mean, you would have to be a moron not to say absolutely. Yeah. Uh, do I think Do I think it's going to happen? No. Uh, but it w- would it sure be intriguing? Um, multiple ways to go, and and you know, as as a famous promoter uh, has once said, never say never. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would be very interesting to see you in that role, and I think that uh, you would fulfill it. Uh, uh, greatly, uh, it would be very interesting if if that ever happened. But like you said, never say never. So Jeff, let the listeners know uh, what you got co- uh, planned coming up, and uh, you get your AAA uh, your AAA date and so forth. Yeah, I mean in May, um, as you know, coming off the heels, I just got back to the United Kingdom and did a spoken word tour. But you know, um, for, for I've had an arms link working relationship with Fight, uh, the streaming app. Um, dating back to Russell Kingdom 9, but but uh, tried to make something happen last year uh, for all, uh, for whatever reason, it didn't come down, but now I do know sort of why we came together, uh, Global Force Entertainment, Global Force Wrestling, and Fight uh, have put a deal together, and, you know, our original plans were, um, they do boxing, wrestling, and MMA, I was brought on board to sort of be the wrestling guy to market and, and maybe organize, and, and to, you know, most importantly, bring events to the platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, I had no intention to do anything in 2018. Uh, it was all going to be kicked off in 2019. But man, uh, <laughs> as they say, as I just said, never say never. We got off and run it, and our very first event uh, is going to be Starcast Labor Day weekend, uh, centered around All In, uh, the biggest independent wrestling show in history. Uh, and uh, for it's hard to do a first, but Starcast is over four days, basically a live podcast convention, and, and it's going to be. Um, literally four days of programming over 40, it's well over 50, but we're, we're saying well over 40, but it's going to be, um, great content, one of a kind content. Uh, if you've been a wrestling fan over the last five decades, this is a must-see event. It truly is that simple. Conrad Thompson and the StarCast team and everything they've got going on, I'm glad to be playing a small role of bringing it to, 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 to Fight TV. And, and then we're going to be making some announcements, um, on Global Force and and uh, uh, dot com uh, about, about events, we've got an event coming up uh, in October that we're going to be announcing soon. Uh, we've got some uh, December, and then we're working on already working on events for first quarter of 2019. So, uh, Chris, I, I couldn't be more excited. I appreciate your time today, but you know, uh, my Twitter and Instagram is at real Jeff Jarrett, and I always uh, break any news uh, via there. Jeff, it's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed speaking with you tonight. Hey, man, I appreciate it. You have a great day. Pancakes and power plants. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thanks, bud. Bye-bye. <laughs> wow, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what a wonderful, wonderful uh, interview. Lengthy, uh, but very uh, awesome. <laughs> lots uh, lots uh, to share, of course. I'm over 30 years in the business, so I definitely want to thank Jeff Chair for being on the show tonight. Uh, was really good stuff. Again, for those who are jumping up, uh, jumping on video videocast, be sure to download the episodes of the Pancakes and Power Slam show on iTunes or Blog Talk Radio, either or or both. Go ahead and leave a, a positive review uh, of the Pancakes and Power Slam show. You get to listen to all the awesome, awesome weekly interviews. And tonight, I was uh, pl- I had the pleasure to interview Jeff Jarrett. That's J E double F J A double R E. Double T, that's double J, ha-ha, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, awesome stuff, man. I really, really appreciate uh, your time coming on um, tonight. So, All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got so much to talk about. 
Uh, we already got uh, <laughs> some comments going on. Uh, my boys, the New Day. We'll talk about that. My favorite team. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we got um, we got a lot to talk about. So uh, let's let's jump right into it. We're gonna bring in the co-host with the most, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only. Evan Tech Prout. Are you? How are you tonight, sir? Good. So great to be back on the airwaves, on the mothership, if you will. I've been absent for a couple of weeks, <laughs> yeah. but it's good to be back. Pancakes of Power Slams, a great interview. Uh, brother with a good yeah. friend of mine, uh, good old Jeff, Jeff Jarrett. Um, and that probably one of the nicest guys, probably besides. Uh, Fred Altman in the business, man. You can't you can't get no nicer than, than Fred Jeff and, and good old uh, Hillbilly Jim. Yeah, if I'm missing somebody, uh, I'm sure we can go out there, but the nicest people we've met. But seriously, uh, great Bobby. interview with Jeff. Um, Bobby. Oh yeah, 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 brother Bobby, brother brother Bobby Fulton. Yeah, can't forget him. Uh, he still got strong hands. I want him to give you no know, classic right hands from back in the eighties, but um All right, good to right. be on air. You know, I've been asked for a couple <laughs> weeks when I'm back. Shout out to DHP network and everybody. And uh, I'll be making my return on the chat in a couple of minutes. Have you back, man. All right, so uh let's jump right into it. Right, so here's the flame of the week for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. You see this uh you see this? This is what I did. See? Again. Research, making it all work for you all. You know why I do it? Because I do it for you. GHP, there it is. Red Bull check, water to chase check, pancakes check. See, pancakes and power slams. Uh, New Day wins with all the pan- help from the pancakes. We got the pancakes and power slams, the hashtag TNP Nation coming on and having a good time because you know why I do it. I do it for you. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so this is what I did. Flavor of the week. We're going to we're going to do this later on. So I uh, this is another fan's choice. So um, I put the names down of every single person uh, who won the Intercontinental Championship in the 1980s but never won the WWE championship, okay? So I randomly selected and put it in tournament form. So those those people are the Honky Tonk Man, Don Morocco, Ken Patera, Rick Rude, Pat Patterson. He won it in 79, but he lost it in 80, so he was the champion in the 80s. I counted. Greg Valentine. Uh, Tito Santana, Ricky Steamboat, the Honky Tonky Man. Um, and so, and I think I said Don, Don Rocco. So those are the eight names. And it's funny because there were eight people who won the, the Intercontinental Championship and never won the World Championship. So the so, so uh, easy <laughs> to uh, create a bracket of the tournament that you all are going to choose. Randomly selected the, uh, the the matches by just randomly picking the uh, 
those names without looking at them. So what you're going to do at the end of the show is you're going to go match by match. Like, for instance, uh, this one's Rick Rue versus Ken Patera. Uh, the, the most votes uh, favoring uh, a particular person, that means the other person lost that round. And we're going to go through the rounds to determine who the best person of the 1980s uh, who never won a intercontinental uh, world championship who was intercontinental title. All right, I think that's uh, pretty much uh, uh, the best way I can explain it. <laughs> so, so there you go. All right, uh, of course I'll open up uh, Ask Chris hashtag Ask Chris, but we got someone to talk about tonight. If I don't, uh, no, Chris, he was not a world heavyweight champ in the WWE. He was only an intercontinental champ, and he won one time in 1989, and that was it. He never won the world title. All right, so um, here we go. We're going to jump right into it, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about, uh, before we get to the headlines, we're going to talk about TakeOver. Uh, Just let let me know your thoughts. Let the uh, PMP Nation know. Um, Yes, I did know. I did know that uh, our tooth was the two-time NWA champion. Yeah, I didn't know that. I was actually watching uh, the weekly TNA shows back in 2002 um, when he was one of the big names there. And we were actually at the Tennessee Fairgrounds. Funny. Funny we were talking about the Tennessee Fairgrounds. Um, So, yeah, he was there. Uh, I remember him when he was K Quick and they brought him in and in TNA and oh, made him spray painting oh. denim. Yeah. Uh Wild Boys asking who deserves Enzo and Cash or Crime Time? Oh, Crime Time, hands down. Oh, uh, hands time. down. Uh, all right, hey, guys, so uh room, let us know your thoughts on takeover. Um my thoughts, uh let me go. Match by match. Uh, Jose is asking, ask Chris, who's better champion, Brock or CM Punk? <laughs> That's one of the headlines, so we'll, we'll talk about that, that uh, when we Paul Heyman. His, uh, um, he had his thoughts on it, and uh, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see if I concur with him. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, people, so a lot of positive reviews that I'm seeing right now for Takeover. I agree, man. Takeover was uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, NXT usually um, <laughs> Takeover left me in tears as a wrestling fan. <laughs> uh, Wild Boy said that. I, it, you know, it's uh, what's up, Joseph? Uh, it's awesome. Uh, people loading in the PNP Nation. You guys are, and I always say, the best fans in the world. Um, all right, so match by match, real quick. Um, so, the tag match. I'm not going. I'm not going to spoil the, uh, the the results of the um, uh, the tape matches for upcoming NXT. So I'll just go through. You know, it's funny. Five matches. I believe it lasted two and a half hours. Um, mm-hmm. Five matches, and look at this. 18 minutes, 15 minutes, uh, well, uh, 18 minutes, 6 seconds, uh, 15 minutes, 3 seconds, 15 minutes, 9 seconds, 13 minutes, 37 seconds, and 33 minutes and 42 seconds. 
five matches oh, covering hours of content of, of programming. Five matches, three of them, you know, um, more four out of the five was greater than fifteen minutes. And I mean, that's that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. I mean, that's amazing to show that you can have long matches. Each one of them were absolutely uh, incredible. Uh, Undisputed Era mustache, awesome. It seemed like there were sometimes the mustache mountain work was gonna uh, was was gonna win. Awesome time. A big fan of Dream. He's my favorite person in NXT. Um, glad he got a win, uh, a takeover win. Uh, Ricochet. I've had him on the show before. Uh, great guy. Yeah. So I'm pulling out him and. You know, and good to see him as North American champ. Carrie Sane won the, the, another, you know, uh, she won the NXT Women's Championship. And then uh, Chomp and Gargano maintained it was interesting because no one was caught up. Uh, people were talking about people possibly being caught up after SummerSlam, either Raw or SmackDown, or really even 205 yeah. Live, but he was caught up. So uh, it seems like with. Um, was Aleister Black gone uh, with injury? So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we got a comment saying, didn't like the uh, Velveteen Dream versus EC3 match. I think probably because uh, probably I liked it because I was rooting for Dream so much. Uh, I agree yeah, with the X. Uh, uh, no call-ups. His face, is, his face is so square. and it, he, I'm sorry. I, and I, I've met EC3, the nice guy. We've interviewed him before. He he looks like a dollar. Anybody listening, go to the dollar store, Family Dollar, Dollar General, and go to the toy section. There's always the generic white wrestling man. It looks just like AC3. He looks so bland, square jaw. There's nothing nothing against his talent. He's athletic, but he has, to me, nothing about him captivates me. He just looks like Mm -hmm. a generic wrestler, like like creative wrestler. Yeah. Remember Warzone for the PlayStation? I agree. <laughs> I agree. I've, you know, I've never, um, I've never connected. I've never connected with EC3. I mean, there was times in, in TNA it was it was cool, um, but yeah, I, I never personally. You know, he's got charisma. People like him. Top one percent. You know, the song's cool, uh, but you know. Uh, Geo saying EC3 is too stiff, man. He has potential, but will lose momentum due to his lack of it factor. I think that's I think that's it. Uh, <laughs> Ask Chris. Mike says, Chris, what a week it's been for us Roman Reigns fans. Absolutely, you get a you get a you get a, uh, a round of applause for that one. Don't even get me started on that. Whereas, uh, actually, you know what? Uh, GSP, I gotta say, I gotta say, the big Cole does. So I'll, I'll I'll read the question, and I'll say the big dog is Michael Cole. So if Roman Reigns is the big dog, the big dog, what would be his excuse for getting help? Sounds like a cowardly heel move. Maybe they're transitioning him into a heel. So that would be out, and I would be in favor of it. He was asking, what is your opinion of the Street Profits? How high of the ceiling do you see for them? I like the Street Profits a lot, actually. Uh, you know, hmm. it, it's just, um, there's just so many, there's just so much talent you can't do everything with. 
I, I guess right now you have uh, a mustache mountain, but as we saw on TakeOver, the uh, um, Undisputed Era got uh, sh- uh, shellacking from the War Raiders uh, after the match. <laughs> well, you know, they were next in line. I, I figured they were going to be next in line. There was an episode of NXT where uh, Mustache Mountain and War Raiders were talking in the back, and War Raiders were talking about how, you know, basically they're next in line. And I was expecting a, a run-in from the War Raiders, and, and that's what we got. That was expected. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, it was, it was fantastic. So um, I, I give it a B-plus overall. I think it was, uh, I think it was great. Uh, real quick, uh, Evan, before you share your thoughts, I'm going to see if there's any more Ask Chris questions real quick. Uh, GHP saying, uh, just enjoying the best podcast in the world. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. Um, I think that's it. Uh, you're not special with all the screaming in the ring this weekend. Uh, what happened to Brock Lesnar, Axe Chris? Um, there was some discussions that, um, I mean, his contract's up. <laughs> there was some, uh, there was some conversation that um, he possibly was going to uh, meet with WWE for maybe an extension. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I think it's good that the Brock project's up. Um, Gabriel's asking real quick, what is your opinion on NXT UK? Um, it's, I don't know. I don't understand it really that much. I mean, of course you got people like a Tony storm and, uh, mustache Mountain. The only thing is, because you have an NXT UK division, does that take away one of the top teams that you are in the American uh, NXT, which is Mustache Mountain? Not make Mustache Mountain exclusively for NXT UK. It's a little, it's a little, a uh, little odd to me. Um, I understand that they're branding to UK, and I think that that's a really good idea. They have. A lot of UK things. They have a UK championship, which <laughs> uh, which hasn't turned out to be much of an impact, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, Pete Dunne had some good matches against Roderick Strong before, and some other good matches too, but uh, it hasn't really been much of an impact. So we'll see how mm-hmm. they differentiate uh, NXT UK, actually the American NXT it's a bit odd. One more question. Uh, Lil Silver is asking, ask Chris, what's with the Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton feud? We've seen it in, in the past, like, 2008. Yeah. I guess this is a way to uh, to use them right now. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, both of them aren't really uh, involved in the um, the title hunt anymore, and, and they wanted to make a, you know, Randy Orton wanted to be a hero, and, you know, that's the way that they brought him in. All right, uh, Evan Tech Prouts, give uh, give us your thoughts on uh, Takeover and then uh, Survivor, uh, Survivor Series, SummerSlam. Um, I thought uh, this is the first Takeover I watched, uh, beginning to end. Um, with no interruption in a while, I really enjoyed it. It reminded me of this old school, good old school wrestling, you know, from you know, the WCW and WA, you know the it was just wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. It wasn't a lot of backstage segments. Uh, it's funny how the state of 
WWE with NXT and and even on the main roster is so much of uh, Lucha Underground and, and uh, TNA alumni, Ring of Honor alumni, and you know we all have friends that are there now. So we're really proud to see like Patrick Clark, um, buddies with him. I watched him come up here locally for MCW Merlin Championship Wrestling, uh, Velveteen Dream. Uh, I'm so proud of him with his. Uh, Taking his chance, call me up, Vince, which I thought was great. Uh, the yeah, tag match no was just was just, just phenomenal. Um, all NXT man was I, I give it five out of five. I, well, no, I give it about four point five out of five. Um, only thing I, I, the the main event was well done. I just thought the ending was a little the ending was a little they dragged it too long for me. It was uh, mm. the whole setup with Gargano and Ciampa. I thought it was good with him dislocating his knee. Uh, you know, K-Fabe, but I would have liked if Chompa, who I've met before, a good guy, I would have liked if he would have sold it more. Like, you, you go through this brutal 33-minute match, and then for you just to get up, to walk off under your own feet, you don't sell anything. It was like, come on, man, you could have sold it a little better. And he kept dragging the ending so far along like something else was going to happen. Um, and nothing really yeah. did. But anyway, NXT I thought was a four out of five, four and a half out of five. Um, uh, SummerSlam was was okay to me. It, it, uh, Rollins and Ziggler was great. Um, I, I don't know. I, I thought SummerSlam was okay. Uh, uh, Braun DePon, you know, use Braun Strowman as a pawn, so WWE doesn't hide. So the fans don't hijack <laughs> SummerSlam because Reigns was going to win. Um, I thought the Reigns and Brock match uh, was. Probably that second best match, uh, besides thirty one. Uh, good to see Brock use the guillotine. I, I I just thought that we knew Brains was gonna win. I just thought Brock just losing to a regular spear I it just was it just was too too like whack. It was like, come on, like this is Brock. He's been champ for over a year. I just thought it should have took a little more effort from Reigns, a couple more spears, a couple more see what man punches and then pin Brock because his man's been like a beast. But other than that, I thought SummerSlam was okay. Uh, the the Bludgeon Brothers coming out and winning. Uh, you know, this uh, Becky Lynch turn to heel I really thought was was well done. Uh, definitely needed. Um, I can't really think of anything else. Uh, AJ, AJ against uh, Joe, I thought the match was good. Um, we've seen them a few 10-plus years ago. I uh, see they're probably going to stretch this off to Survivor Series. Good to see a lot of color as well. Good to see blood on AJ, blood on Rollins. Um, and I like that they, they're using AJ's family and trying to give AJ some kind of, um, you know, because he's always been like the white-collar diddy guy. And now they're starting to have AJ have an edge, which I really like. So. Yeah. Uh, shout out someone said uh, co-host multi. Someone said something. Yeah. But uh, it's all uh, All right. Let's see. Um, let me. Uh, Mike asking people. The people forgot the Boo Roman. Yeah, you know, and I, I loved what they did. You know, I gotta give. Okay, so Gress is asking should the ALP join the Hill Shield? No way. No. <laughs> that nah. would be an overkill. That's like the. You know, uh, just being overkill. Uh, all right, so. Um, Mike is saying, ask Chris, the people forgot the Boo Roman, <laughs> Boo Roman when he won Sunday, when he pinned the Rock, when when he pinned Brock, the fans popped huge. You know, and that's funny too because there was a, re- I, I got a report of someone who was there, and it was funny because people, some people who weren't there who was uh, uh, 
reporting some things and saying that, you know, the fans, uh, um, they weren't reacting or, or they booed them. But it's funny because I got a report of someone who was there and they was like, that all is false. Like, they, they were popping for Reigns. Now, granted, even as a Reigns fan, you know, I'm sure that there, uh, a big amount of that pop was because Lesnar wasn't a champ anymore, which I uh, which understand that. But at the same time, if you're, you know, if you're going to be a heel, I mean, well, if you're going to be jeered, you're going to be jeered. And it's funny because I really, and I've said this before, I'm not going to take too much time with it. I just, I really think that people think that booing Roman Reigns is the cool thing to do. And then they realize that it's not as cool anymore and they still want to make it cool. Uh, it's similar to the CM Punk chance to me. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, it's right. like now it's funny because people will, I'll be at live events and people will do the CM Punk chance and oh, it won't gosh. take but seconds, probably long, probably shorter than that for people to just boo them. For people to just boo the uh, CM Punk. They did that Mania. Remember, we was at Mania on the floor, and it was always them two or three people that kept trying to do a CM Punk chant. They just killed it right away. Like, why, why are we even doing this? And they got, like, booed within... <laughs> right, they just got booed. Like, right. It was hilarious. Absolutely I, I, I will say this, too. First chance, uh, and I will admit this for the first time, I'm talking through a potato. Shout out to my good old buddy, uh, Multi Apples. It's a little joke. Um, <laughs> the first time I got literally, er- the, 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 this is awesome chant to me. Grind, is, you know, somebody saying used to say, burns my biscuits. It's, it's like everything, any spot, this is awesome. It's like, come on, guys. It's, it's a spot. I'm not taking anything away. It's just, it's done so much. This is awesome. This is awesome. And, and like even Jim Ross has said, we, you know, we talked to him. He was, Jim Ross was like, come on, I can't say exactly what he said on this show because it's PG. He basically was saying the same thing. He was like, come on, man. There's one match, one spot. And, and the show that started with a five-minute chance, this is awesome already. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Yeah, I agree. Great matches. It's, it's overdone. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There'll be like a couple of uh, high spots, and then we'll get this is awesome. So, all right, real quick, my thoughts on SummerSlam. I'm going to get some of these Ask Chris questions. They're really good that's filling up the chat room right now. Um, I thought it was good. I thought SummerSlam was fantastic, man. I uh, I, I sent the message, and I said, you know what, man? Uh, it, it shows, personally, I think that SummerSlam was proof that WWE – still can book a good, you know, uh, main roster show. Because I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I mean, from top to bottom of hiccups, it wasn't yeah, a perfect was show. Yeah. Um, it was it was good, though. I, I enjoyed uh, – mm-hmm. I mean, the pre-show matches were forgettable. Um, but I really liked Steph Rollins winning the uh, Intercontinental Championship. I think that's a really good championship yeah. for him to win right now. That's a really good spot for him. Um, I understood the New Day versus the Bludgeon Brothers to to extend it to extend it uh, the feud. I mean, yeah, I mean I understand that uh, the DQ finish, but I, I'm not a fan of DQ finishes on I'm not four pay per view or manage to, to extend it to a minor pay per view. You know, I'm just meticulous about that. I, I, I don't like that. Um, so I wasn't a big fan of that. Um, 
But everything else, I mean, I think Owen should have got squashed by uh, Strowman. They're making Strowman look like a monster. Yeah, that makes sense. That made sense. Right. Didn't like the Lynch turn in in Brooklyn. I I think you know, and even we saw it to uh, you know today on SmackDown. It's like uh, <laughs> you, no matter what type of little promo Becky Lynch cuts, I mean, you just saw it coming. Get we we saw it a mile away. We knew it was coming. Don't want but, to. You know, I think kind of getting tired of the Charlotte project. You know, as a babyface. So yeah. Uh, I, my thing is, I, I actually I disagree to say I'm glad Becky Lynch did turn heel. It's just how it was done because we all know we've been watching wrestling for all of us, well most of us, 25 plus years. And me and you, Featherstone, we're in our mid 30s. We all know whenever there's a hug, we know someone's going to turn. It happens right. all the time. Nakamura, AJ, Jericho, and Sean, you know, and I agree with the time to just, I, I like out the blue hill turns where, you know, Michael C. the Kenton Hogan on Raw or, you know, Triple oh, H and, no, no. you know, flab the sledgehammer. It is out the blue hill turns. He's like, oh, crap. Even if you knew it was going to happen eventually, even with Rollins hitting, uh, when he when he traded and it was always a plan B, you really didn't see that coming in a way. It kind of caught you off guard. Right. The hugging is like, okay, yeah. Becky Lynch, you're turning hell. We know it. But you yeah. got to do something different. No, what else are you going to do with Charlotte? Where's Asuka? Gosh. It's, it's, you know, she lost two times, and it is still down. Yeah, they were talking about Asuka possibly coming back from hell. I hope they, I, I, you know, I hope they don't do that, especially since they just turned Becky. I, just, I don't think it's All right, real quick. Mm-hmm. Let me zoom through. No lasting summer sandwich I wasn't a big fan of. Another DQ finish with Joe and Styles sending that to Hell in a Cell, and it's like again, it just goes back to like, why are you doing this at a big four pay per view? Multiple ones. I, I didn't like that. Miz and Daniel Bryan, I understand why they're doing that to uh, to continue their feud, but again, it's just like, you know, things should be. Ending at Survivor Series, not continuing to me. Um, that Elias segment made no sense to me. Did he really break the guitar and didn't mean to do it, or like he just? I don't. I don't really understand that. I didn't see uh, Demon Finn Balor come back, and, and plus it was unadvertised too. I, I'm starting to like that about WWE. They're not. Uh, yes, I was GSP. I was on the street with my pick. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that. I was tweeting about that. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they, they didn't announce it. I'm, I'm totally cool with that, and, and I like it. That's old school wrestling. Um, I like Rousey. Rousey she, she's got, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Ronda Rousey. I love the fact it makes sense that she's champ. There's nobody who can hang with her, you know, as far as just a, a fight concern. Um, but it, she's got a lot of protection to do. You know, uh, Bret Hart is typically known as uh, not being the happiest guy in the world, but uh, there's one thing that I really respect uh, Bret Hart saying, um, and that's uh, when he was talking about uh, how throughout his career he pride himself on protecting his opponent, and I agree. Right. I think that that's a big, when it comes to professional wrestling, you have to protect your opponent. 
and Rousey doesn't understand that yet. I think she's in the MMA, like the arm drags that she does and arm arm toss that she does and things like that. Listen, you're really going to take this. You're really going to dislocate this arm off the socket. And you know, people like Alicia Fox and Alexa, they just have to take it. You know, I don't know if they have a conversation in the back. I don't know, if, you know, who's ever training Ronda Rousey. I know that. Uh, Fit Finley was doing a lot of training for for a long time with the females. I somebody just needs to talk to Ronda Rousey about this is professional wrestling now. You need to protect your opponent and respect the business in that way. Uh, but overall, I mean, of course, you know, the big dog is the new champ. So that uh, was a great closure for me. And I yeah. think it was a fantastic to bring in Strowman from the very beginning as a red herring. I think that that was a great job. Whoever thought about that, whoever produced you know, where producers who produces certain matches. And I haven't found out yet who produced that match. I guess I can find out actually. Uh, but whoever whoever produced that match, kudos to you, man. Um a lot of uh another another options are typically uh Michael Hayes, uh Billy Kidman, um Jamie Noble. Um, there's a there's a, a Devon's an agent now. There's a there's a few other agents who uh, produce matches. Of course, uh, I think I don't know if Pat Patterson still does some work, uh, production work as far as producing matches. But um, mm-hmm. who was kudos to you because I think it was a fantastic idea to bring in Strowman as a distraction, as a red herring, because what that did, it's funny because you were getting you both suck chance in the very beginning for Brock and Roman. Brooklyn was ready. They were ready to hijack that match. But Strowman, they're winning. First of all, he came in the beginning. So so, so basically, you know, the the, the fans would have hijacked the match when wanting a Braun turn, uh, wanting a Braun cash in, probably even chanting Braun's name during the match if he wasn't out there. But WWE fizzed all that out, brought Braun in, the, brought Braun in there from the beginning. He cut a promo. He was at ringside. I think it was an excellent, excellent idea. Um, all right, so let me address a couple of these Axe Chris questions. We're going to zoom through the headlines, and then we're going to get to the tournament. All right, so let's go uh, to Gabriel. Are you excited about any of the officially advertised match for Evolution? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think, well, I mean, what are the advertised matches for Evolution right now? Uh, the only one I know about is Trish and Alexa Bliss. There's some rumblings of Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella uh, many winning it, which Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I'm sure she'll have a she'll have a part of it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it'd be it'd be good to see Trish back her first singles match in seven years. So I'm cool with that. Uh, Little Silver's asking thoughts on Undertaker versus Triple H. Uh, I'm not a fan of it. I think that uh, Undertaker could have fought somebody else. Triple H could have fought something else. Triple H cut a killer Whoa. promo on Raw. Uh, but I just, I mean, I don't know. Leave the era back where the era was, back in 28. I think 28 oh. was one of the greatest send-offs 
and potential send-offs. <laughs> it didn't send anybody off because uh, Triple H and the closing uh, of a chapter, the end of a chapter after <laughs> end of an era. Yeah, it's not an end of an era. Yeah, it's, it's the end of end of the day. That's what that's what it is. What is what he called it? Um, did he call it yeah. the end of an era? You know. It's, yeah, and it, and it uh, wasn't, and it's not. Um, so well, I who, think um, I think it's well, eight. I don't think there's nothing left in Undertaker versus Triple H to see more than 28. I mean, like, basically, I'm setting them on a high standard. I'm going to say, you know what, I'm sure that you – it's Undertaker versus Triple H, so you guys are going to put on a, a fantastic show or fantastic, fantastic match. But here's the thing. My standard's at 28 Hell in a Cell, Shawn Michaels right now. That was if great. you give me something, yeah. that, I'm going to be satisfied. Simple as that. Well, what, 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 what basically, and I was, going, I was just going to say, who would you have fight? This could have been a perfect opportunity where it could have been Taker versus Cena too. You know, since Cena got got squashed yeah. Mania, it would have been cool to see Taker versus Cena for this big shot. So I'm, um, you know, I'm sorry for the big uh, match, but um, like like you said, is and shout out to uh, who who asked that question about. Um, for because they be for some reason keep forgetting Triple H Undertaker happened at WrestleMania 17. They act like that never yep. happened, like it's the RoboCop three. That match happened. <laughs> for some reason they just want us to remember 27 and 28. So you know, 28 yep. is, is 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 the Dark Knight. Uh, you know, like the, the Batman trilogy. So we just hope. Yeah. You know, when yeah. when they fight I, again I, in October. Is it going to either be the – you can't overcome that. Is, is it going to be right. Dark Knight Rises? Is it going to be Batman Begins? It's not going to suck, but it's not going to be 28. I don't uh, – Gross, Roman Reigns putting more people over than John Cena. Facts. Ha-ha. I like that. You know, I'm indifferent toward John Cena now. I used to couldn't stand John Cena. I was I was bitter that he beat Jericho in 2002, and Jericho's my guy. Um, and for about you know a good 12 years or so, <laughs> 12, 13 years, mm-hmm. I was Cena. But now, man, you know I respect Cena. He's been in the business for 16 years, man. He's earned his stripes. Uh, you know, I don't I don't dislike you know, him anymore. I still don't favor John too. Cena as far as like. Wanting him to win a match, but you know he's earned the right. stripes. Yeah, you know. yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I always been more of an Orton guy as opposed to Cena, but overall, you know, I, I respect Cena. Orton, the past yeah, few years, he's been lost in the wind. Gosh, like why are you here? He's just like a yeah. side character on an anime. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? And yeah, Orton, Cena, Orton hasn't done anything memorable to pass two or three years, and I'm a big Orton fan, you know, I mean, besides, I mean, he got busted open legit by Brock at SummerSlam a uh, year or two ago, but, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know Yeah. All right, first trivia question. Who, who were the members of the Mean Street Posse? Who, who were the members of the Mean Street Posse? All right, Axe Chris. What are your thoughts on the comments Dave Meltzer made about Peyton Royce? I knew that was going to come up. I knew someone was going to act. Uncle up. Dave. Ah, uh, okay. So, um, 
Let me see how I want to word this. Uh, kudos to Melcher for apologizing. Uh, may not have been the best uh, idea to to say what he said, and you know he's such a um, highly sought after. I'll say that, and I'll I'll also say um, the context was stretched. I'll say that. I'll say that. It. it it was. I understand the tweet. I understand the tweet to support Peyton Royce. Um, you know, I I don't see what Dave sees. You know, as far as Peyton, she's you know, um, as far as the criticisms that he made, I don't see. I don't. I don't agree with it. Um, but at the same time, that I mean, that's that's what he does. I mean, I I I think that what he said could have been said more tactfully if he wanted to say it. Um, but I think context that he was sharing his opinion on his show about what he felt about his, her personal look. And I think that people were taking it as, um, you know, she's getting bigger from like fatter. You know, I, I think he was talking about the surgery. So, um, that's what I that's what that's what I got from it. But people are taking it different ways, and people are supporting Peyton Royce, which people should support Peyton Royce absolutely, one hundred percent. If she felt slighted from the from the uh, if she if she felt slighted from the comment, I think that a conversation between her and Dave Meltzer would have been the ideal route. Um, but you know, social media has such a. Uh, <laughs> a an opinion nowadays that uh, you know that's usually where you air your uh, <laughs> uh, you, you air your thoughts or dirty laundry, man, um, by way of social media. Um, apologize. I think it was sincere. Uh, I think uh, Peyton Royce. Um, hey, man. Uh, I I think that uh, I support Peyton Royce as far as being a WWE superstar. I think uh, personally, I think that they should have stayed in NXT because I think they were killing it in NXT and they're not and they're being underutilized uh, on Raw. I mean, on SmackDown, wasn't a fan with of her being Naomi tonight, <laughs> especially coming from a very high spot. I mean, I'm talking from the from a wrestling standpoint now. Um, big Naomi fan, and I think like the start stop pushes that are having with Naomi, um, but you know. That's how I feel. I feel that uh, I feel like if Royce felt that she, if, if Royce was offended by it, you know, uh, Melcher should have apologized. I think I think that was right. And um, yeah, you know, he he uh, just needs to. You know, it's again. It goes back to it's it's it was his show, and that was his opinion. Um, I don't think that it was a slight on Royce. I think it was a way that he felt. Um, however, was it appropriate to talk about, you know, your opinion of her looks <laughs> on a uh, Wrestling Observer show? Probably not. So that's that's those it's, are my two cents on that. It's a um. I, I I agree with what you're saying, um, because you know we 
No, uh, we on the show. We always joke about calling him Uncle Dave. Um, it, it, like you said, it's a great area of us uh, us being in media and doing this for five or six years. We do share our opinions, and and uh, granted, I know there's people out, and I know a lot of WWE superstars, uh, Billy Kay and Charlotte Flair, and a whole bunch of people came out to defend Peyton Royce. It, a lot of people I heard about it was like, oh, it's freedom of speech, and he shouldn't have to apologize because he's just saying how he felt, and you know he didn't say she was ugly, and you know people can say other things, and it's still it's still a great area. Like, like you said, he he said how he felt. Uh, he didn't slander her because I mean he could have said a lot worse. He just gave his honest opinion. But nowadays, everything you say is is very construed and people basically do under the microscope under the microscope and the smallest thing that had this been in the 90s even in the early millennium you know it wouldn't have been a big deal and that's how he felt um he still said it respectfully which i get what he was saying but now like everything's under the microscope everything is so fine-tuned and investigated and set apart uh we give uncle dave credit he apologized you know, he he. I'm sure he yeah. didn't mean any harm. He just said how he felt. Um, yeah, but I don't he said. Yeah, no. I don't think he meant any ill. You know, this is one of the things. Like, I'm gonna give my honest opinion with respect, and she happened to get offended, and then not only that, everybody in WWE start jumping on a horse and tweeting and sweating. So, uh, you know, he he apologized, and, and that's it. But I think it's I one of those things by, that uh, when someone like Dave Meltzer is is, is always uh, under a microscope for saying anything. I, you know, it's one of those things that PC is uh, the way to go uh, when it comes exactly. to people of, of that nature. Um, because even your opinion can be, um, you can have some SJWs. Uh, out to, to you know, out in the front right. line for opinions. Exactly. You know what I mean. So, um, and so someone like a, um, like a Dave Meltzer, people in WWE, things like that. Once you have, once th- once you have that platform to have a radio show and you know a podcast that reaches so many people. Um, you just gotta be careful. You know what I mean. You gotta be very careful about what you say. If that, if if Peyton Royce's enhancement was something that you didn't prefer, you know what I mean. I'm married. My my wife doesn't have them, and um, and that's what I prefer. Um, but you know, you gotta be you gotta be careful what you say because people can misconstrue it and. And then you got the SJWs out, and then it's just a big uh-huh. cluster mess. And so, my my advice to, to to Dave Meltzer would be to just be very careful with what you say. You know, what I mean, even if it's an opinion, right. people take it out of context. Just, just very very careful. Now, uh, stick to the wrestling. I mean, looks are a part of pro wrestling. Of course, they are. Um, but I guess giving his personal opinion on something uh, probably wasn't the best idea to to, to do. So. <laughs> right. There's some, some stuff no, you just say when you're off air. No, uh, no ill. You know, I, I'm on team Meltzer. I'm on team Peyton Royce. I support both of them. 
Uh, I, I support Dave Meltzer for giving his opinion. I support uh, Peyton Royce for feeling confident in herself for uh, for standing up to something she was offended for. So, you know, kudos to both of them. All right, uh, here we go. Yes, yeah, so uh, Rodney, Pete Gass, and Joey Abs. Gass and Joey Abs. Next question. Who won the Intercontinental Championship at SummerSlam 1997? Who won the Intercontinental Championship at uh, SummerSlam 1997? Uh, GHP saying, I feel like listening to the Mean Street Posse theme song now. Thanks, Chris. It will now be looped in my brain. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, that is really a, <laughs> that is really a cool song uh, to be looped in your brain. And, it, and the funny part of that is that uh, the song <laughs> is basically a loop. So it's like the same yeah. thing over and over and over again. All right, so let's just do um, – let's, let's jump into these headlines real quick because I really want to talk about this. I really want to this tournament and have enough time for that. So let's jump into the headlines for Great Raw and SmackDown, and we'll take a from So Paul Hamos uh, was uh, interviewed. Um, I, believe, I don't remember what the show was. I, I wrote the article, but I don't remember what the show was. I think it was maybe um, Behringer and something. I'll I'll look it up because I want to properly source uh, you know people as a journalist. I want to do that. Um, so basically, he um, was asked. If what person he thought had a better world championship reign between um, Brock Lesnar and um, CM Punk, and he said Brock Lesnar because he was talking about you know it was twenty about twenty bucks you know when when the stock was about twenty dollars when when CM Punk was champ and uh, and. Eighty dollars with Brock Lesnar, and you know, basically it's business. And Brock Lesnar, uh, his reign was bigger than uh, it was the Benigno and Roberts show on WFAN. So that's that's the sources. Um, so yeah, I mean, and here's the thing: I had a, I I agree with Heyman from a business standpoint. I do. I mean, now granted, you know, CM Punk's reign as far as you know, overall and 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 title defenses and good matches and frequent matches, you know, uh, it was better from a in-ring standpoint. But again, man, Jericho said this recently, like, you know, you can have as many great matches as you want in the world, but, you know, that's not going to move the needle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, uh, memorable moments, compelling storylines, those things are going to move the needle. You can have, I mean, I'm a fan of good matches, you know, um, but at the same time, man, you know, he was talking, Jericho was talking about how, you know, he was, uh, he had to call up Will Ospreay, man, when he did that uh, Spanish fly uh, from the apron on Marty, Marty Skrull earlier this year and um, almost broke his neck. And, you know, he called, he called him up and said, listen, you got to tone that down. You know, you got to, because he, because here's the thing, um, from a from a business standpoint, and we got to we're going to zoom past here this here. From a business standpoint, 
you can have five star matches, you know, as much as you can, as much as you, you know, as much as you want to. But if there's no storyline with it, people will just keep that in the moment, you know. And in, in, in ten years, I'm not thinking about how good, you know, a match was. You know, the there's there's exceptions, there's rare exceptions to that. You know, people are you know. Uh, Savage and Steamboat at WrestleMania three, you know, uh, uh, Brett and, uh, and and Perfect at SummerSlam, you know, uh, things like that, you know, are memorable. But at the same time, the characters were still they were so large in life back then that that was still an addition to the uh, nowadays. WWE is not doing a very good job with creating large and life characters. Pro wrestling is so relying on, you know, good matches nowadays. Rating show. I mean, Impact is killing it uh, as far as just good content, really good matches. Phoenix, Pentagon, Austin Aries, uh, uh, Johnny Impact, uh, the the X Division with, you know, you name it. Desmond Xavier, Matt Seidel, Brian Cage. They're doing a fantastic. Sammy Callahan's one of the best heels in all of wrestling right now. Uh, uh, Eddie Edwards is, uh, you know, he's, he's he's hardcore Eddie Edwards now. They're doing a they're doing some really really good stuff in Impact, but, um, you know, Impact was more uh, they were more popular during the Broken Matt Hardy, and and at that point the the wrestling content was worse than it is now. But, you know, their ratings-wise, they're not doing as good. So, you know, I think that's what it boils down to. Um, yeah, yeah so that's that. Uh, Eli, yeah, yeah, Eli I, I, I agree. Yeah. He was trying to kill himself. <clears throat> yeah. You know, just this, this, this show that out, man. It's, you don't have to do that. Yeah. You can tell a good story. You can... You can have a couple of high spots here and there, and then, like Jericho said, move the needle. Yeah, you just there's nothing wrong with high spots. There's nothing wrong with high flying matches, as my late mother used to say. You know, they in there trying to they all playing Superman. You know, like what they used to do is jumping around and doing you know, what have you. But like you said, you gotta have substance. You know, you see high flying matches. You, it's like eating a bunch of cookies and. And, you know, a bunch of cake and Oreos. And but you remember that at the end of the day, you don't have no substance. You're not going to get full. It's not going to do your body well. You got to have a good character. You got to have good psychology. You got to have a good build. People get on Roman I'm not the biggest Roman Reigns fan, but he is a character. You invest in him. Brock. People get mad at Brock. You invested in Brock. You know, you invest in your character, Strowman. You know, and, and the matches may not be all. Flare Steamboat, Flare Sting, Rock Rock and Roll Express, and and, and the Midnight, but you remember because of you know yeah. the investment that goes into it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, Wild Boys asking, do you see Jericho going to Impact? I think it's uh, more plausible now than ever. Really, uh, I think he's uh, realizing that he's just uh, like I said before. I think he's just. Jericho's one of the greatest of all time. He's in my top five all time. Uh, but I think that mm-hmm. uh, realizing he's that he's one. just eight in WWE right now. <laughs> no, that's... Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, 
Gabriel's asking, do I like Ms. and Mrs.? I have not watched it, nor do I plan on watching it. Um, you know, I might give it a, a shot or two, but I I don't have any type of uh, any any interest at all. Steve Austin, good job, guys. Steve Austin is the correct answer. All right, here's the next one. Here's the next one. Fill in the blank. Jumpin' Joey blank. Jumping Joey Blank. All right, so CM Punk declines an all-in offer. Uh, Wrestling Inc. actually uh, uh, broke this uh, through an interview with uh, Cody Rhodes, and uh, you know he, he was basically saying, uh, "Good job, Mo. Uh, Mo knows some stuff tonight." Jumping Joey Mags. Brent is asking, "How do you think Becky would do as a heel?" Um, I think she'll do okay. I, I, you know, I think she's still trying to do the the promo on SmackDown was okay. I still don't think it's. I still don't think a heel versus Charlotte Flair is a good idea because people aren't really digging the the Charlotte, you know, face run anymore, and just doing it against uh, someone like um, you know. Uh, someone like Charlotte, I, I don't, I don't agree with it. I, I really prefer the the Becky Balboa, you know, underdog character. I think it could have, I think they could have made it work. I think it could have been to the point of uh, Daniel Bryan uh, to an extent. Maybe not as big as Daniel Bryan, but I think they could have done that. You know, Daniel Bryan had that Rocky character. I think that Becky Lynch uh, could have done the same thing. So, yep. Uh, what did, what year did the NWO form? What year did the NWO form? Yeah, so so CM Punk declines all all in offer. It seems like uh, <laughs> it seems like uh, he's he's out. But here's here, real quick. Here's a little silver in DHC. It's on a wild boy. Oh, nineteen ninety six. Um, yeah, DX. Okay, I agree with you on Becky Balboa. Yep, Gabriel DX all, um, and, and others are saying 96. I mean, it's in a bunch of 96 is here. Good job. Um, uh, yeah, Renee, Brandon. Yep, great job. All right, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I think that CM Punk eventually is going to come back to wrestling. I think right now it's just like, He's so bitter about wrestling that he don't want any parts of it. Um, you know, he's doing movies now. You know, he's not a big star in movies, but uh, it seems like that's the route that you know, pro wrestlers go now. It's a movie route, which I think is a great idea. Um, so, you know, best wishes to him. Uh, I've said it plenty of times. I am uh, probably not the uh, biggest CM Punk fan. I, I'm not a fan at all of CM Punk, but uh, you know, he's, he's uh, earned his stripes in the business. I respect him as an Emmy performer, and um, I wish him the best. I hope he does very well. Uh, MMA is not his deal, <laughs> so I don't think uh, <laughs> I don't think he should do that. But if acting is, go for it. I'm, I'm all I'm all for that. Um, but I think he, you know, as as a wrestling, as someone who's been in the wrestling business for so long, uh, you know, you've got that itch, you know, and. Um, I don't think it's all the way gone. I think it's being suppressed right now. And someone, as someone who's about to be a, a doctor in psychology, I, uh, you know, suppressed feelings doesn't mean that they go away. Sometimes they can come back much, much worse. So, uh, all right. So, not sure, but the Roman turn heel on Raw. Um, 
ish. <laughs> they turned heel ish. Uh, Shield came back and uh, uh, destroyed Strowman. So we'll see on Raw whether it's a heel move. It kind of makes some loose ends a little difficult because Rollins and Ziggler and Drew were still kind of, you know, uh, feuding. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Will Sos asking, ask Chris, do you see Batista ever, do you think Batista will ever come back to WWE? He wants to. Uh, he recently he wanted uh, to. Meltzer just reported that last week or so that uh, he still wants a farewell run, but the the crazy thing is he turns 50 in January, so I don't know if well, that's going to happen. Um, that is asking experts, do you think Kobe Kingston will win a Royal Rumble? I don't, unfortunately. I think it'll be cool if he did, but no. Kobe is fat Who Jack and ECW? No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, Zack Ryder reveals why the internet championship never made it to WWE TV. Table for three. That was really interesting with him, uh, Matt Hardy, and Xavier Woods. It was a viral episode of people who, you know, uh, went viral, kind of created their own brands. He said that there was a uh, someone in the creative who was just against the whole thing and uh, didn't want didn't want him at all to be a part of. Um, you know, he, they they wanted it to be a part of the merchandising and the branding, but they thought that it seemed like he was too big of a mark if he brought the Internet Championship up, which I think that was, uh, you know, I think he should have wore it. You know, he, he you want to leech on his, you know, self-branding, you know, the fact that he branded himself when he wasn't being used properly to become eventually the U.S. champion. Um and it's so fun. The funny part of it is, T would it would make sense for NXT to have an internet championship because if it wasn't for the internet, you won't be able to watch NXT here <laughs> because it's on the WWE network. It all makes fun. It all um, it all makes sense. Um, uh, Wildboy is asking, do you watch Cultaholic and Wrestle Talk videos on YouTube? Um, I don't watch Cultaholic. I think, you know, I'm sure they're doing some great stuff over there. Um, I just don't have the time to watch it. No shade to Cultaholic uh, at all. Uh, Russell Talk. Um, um, yeah. yeah. I guess, I mean, every, every now and then, I'll, you know, they've, 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 gave a, they've gave my show some love, uh, Pancakes and Power Slam, so, you know, kudos to that. Um, Creating some really cool videos, uh, but I just haven't uh, had much time to watch. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I give people for people to spend so much time editing and, and, and doing all that. I mean, that's a much lot of hard work and takes a lot of time. Yeah, kudos to that. Gabriel's asking, "He started. Do you see WWE signing next?" Huh. okay. So Matt Riddle was uh, who appeared in uh, NXT. Takeover. Um, hmm. We just saw we just saw Keith Lee. Um, I'm gonna go Shane Strickland. Yeah, I'm gonna go Shane Strickland. Um, kill shot and uh, Luke Underground's killing it in uh, MLW and Evolve. Fantastic job. All right. Um, what's next? Let's talk about okay. So real quick, uh, 
original plans for the Bailey and Sasha Angle, uh, the Observer said that the Bailey was supposed to be a heel. Um, uh, but, you know, the, the reaction. Uh, so, <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. It seems like they still may. Um, she needs a new look. She's something like, different. Yeah, it seems like they still may do something uh, about that. Um, so, uh, yes. Okay. I think here we go. Here we go. All right. Well, yeah, I don't know why this is happening now with uh, the live stream on YouTube. Might want to talk to the YouTube uh, streamers um, to see. All right, so let's uh, let's just keep going. We're uh, we're live, pal, <laughs> on the audience. Yeah, we're live. Right, let's keep it's showing that my going uh, on. showing that my audio still working. Um, uh, just a yeah, it's just a lag going on. That's all it is. It's just streaming. It's a typical, uh, typical technology in the streaming world. Live. But we're live, pal. <laughs> we're good. Can't do this over. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. All right, so uh, let's see. All right, so let's uh. A real, just give me a real quick uh, um, grade that you have on Raw. Uh, Triple H, great promo. I thought it was the best part of Raw. Um, it's been a while since I've said Triple H has done a good promo. Um, uh, Lay is a good promo. I remember what Triple H doing besides Monday uh, was uh, when Evolution started, and he said, either you adapt or you die. Um, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he said, "Don, need to edit it to perish." You know, you start to get sensitive with wording. Then, uh, it's the best part. Uh, Triple H promo. Um, uh, good point. Uh, a couple of the fans mentioned about the Reigns kind of hell. I like that they did something different. They kind of teased it. Yeah. The show came back. They beat, beat the crap out of Braun upon. Uh, did the stop from cashing the end? I thought it was a change. I did enjoy it. Um, overall, um, I thought Raw was okay. I might mean, give it about a C plus. No, I give it a B minus with the Triple H. Um, the Triple H promo and uh, Reigns uh, doing a little Hill esque uh um action. Uh, SmackDown, <laughs> New Day one the titles. I didn't see that coming. I thought SmackDown was okay. Uh, overall, I just thought um I guess SmackDown but a about a C plus, I would say. But uh, this is not anything horribly bad. I give about, you know, Raw and Smack. I, I, I give Raw the edge over SmackDown a little bit this week. But uh, this, uh, the weekend was, was really great. Wrestling NXT was great. SummerSlam was good. Um, and uh, Raw and SmackDown was, was decent. Um, but the ratings keep dropping. So uh, for Raw. And uh, it's only going to yeah. get worse because football is about to start up in a couple weeks. And we all know right. From September, September to January hit. Uh, I don't care who you got, champ, unless you had a rock, Stone Cold, Sting, Ric Flair, Undertaker, 
Triple H grow his hair back, bring back the NWO. <laughs> when 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 uh, the NFL hit, the Raw Raiders uh, gonna suffer. <laughs> what was that? I said Jericho gets the original theme song with the uh with yeah, the pyro. Yeah, Jer- Jer- Jericho is the, the the pyro, the theme song, you bring Jerry King Law and Jim Ross back on commentary. Uh, is, uh yeah. is, you bring back Mongo McMichael and his don uh his his um his uh Chihuahua. Uh, I mean, like I said, I, I love for wrestling, but the 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 NFL is 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 the WWE Slayer for those for those four to five months. Raw's ratings yeah. will get slaughtered. Yeah. But like you said, it is a good point. I did think about and one thing, somewhat real quick that the fans mentioned. I uh, saw GHP and um, a few other fans mentioned on the chat about the Attitude Era and why it was great. Remember, the Attitude Era didn't really have that many great matches. Well, me, the Attitude Era great because the characters was so big and every mm-hmm. everything from the opening match to the main event, same way with WCW, one WWE had competition. Two, every the whole show mattered. It wasn't just about the world title. It wasn't just about the WWE title or the big gold belt. Everybody in each yeah. show, Nitro and Raw, mattered. It was a storyline going on. Another thing that really happened when Jericho came in was sometimes you had people with multiple feuds. So hopefully with Rollins feeding you know, with the Shield, feeding with Braun, kind of get to see people starting to get involved in more than just one feud. They're kind of getting into, getting into two or three feuds, and everybody's kind of in the, becoming interchangeable, um, interchanging, kind of like they did with the corporation, the NWO, DX, that kind of thing. So definitely interesting to see. Um, and, and, and Reigns, let him be face. He's the big dog. Rollins is safe. And, yeah, the big dog, and uh, um, I I hope I hope Ambrose one Ambrose looks too much like like a mini Triple H with the haircut, and I'm just hoping Ambrose turns heel. I mean, it's uh, it's, it's time. I mean, Am- I think all the all of them Ambrose would do the best. Give him a heel run, and let him be a lunatic like a Brian Pillman esque. It definitely would go well. That's just my opinion, but that's just my thoughts. SmackDown and Raw. No more Bludgeon Brothers. And please get the bar yeah. back. The bar was so strong, and the bar, I don't know what happened. It just fell down, very down. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay. They're dealing with some audio problems. We apologize, man. Cool. All right, so, yeah, I give Raw... Um, uh, I'll go... Plus, because of the shield, nothing else really. Nothing else really. I mean, Reigns and Balor was a really good match. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Um, Okay, so cool. GSP, GSP's in chat and on Blog Talk Radio uh, live audio. So okay, great. Uh, so there's a link that's up there in the in the live chat uh, of the live audio that's going on right now. Um, all right, so SmackDown, <laughs> I would C minus probably. Uh, yeah, there's a G. We're talking about a hottest worldwide split. 
I don't know. I mean, again, you know, there's so many people on top of the, you know, the one time. So if they quit and they can have a follow, you know, then what? You know what I mean? Um, the timing is a, just like Apollo uh, move up to the main roster. Um, as far as, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the New Day kind of would save this to me. I didn't really, I really um, Yeah, C minus probably. Maybe, yeah, I mean, the New Day winning. Uh, that was a great match, too. Uh, so, yeah. I didn't really save my D to a C minus. So, that's what you would say. I can't wait to see the Bludgeon Brothers versus War Machine. What a nasty match that's going to be. Oh, oh that would be, be brutal. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a while. So, yeah. All right, for those who are listening live audio, uh, trivia question Who did Brie Bella? Uh, lose uh, two at SummerSlam 14. Who did Brie Bella? Um, what is Apollo missing? Uh, I think maybe some it's charisma. I mean, Managing they, haven't really, they haven't booked him well at all. I mean, you know, he's have, he's he's awesome as far as uh, athleticism is concerned. It's but, just, I mean, terrible job with overall charisma. Is this the thing? Is he's, and this is no disrespect. Raw is the land of the giants. We mean you try to stay on top of this all the time. If you are under six feet, unless you are Rollins and Ambrose, and you have a over and you're super over where the size don't matter, you are a. And we're both African Americans, so we can say this. He's a small black man that's bald headed. That never works out in WWE main roster because he looks so small to the main roster, it's hard for people to get invested and believe in him. And that's just the thing. If he was on 205 Live, I mean, like you see, he's a good-looking guy. He's 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 good in the ring. But as WWE, you have to talk. This isn't Impact. This isn't NWA where you could just wrestle. It's not even Nitro where you had the TV title or United States title where, you know, you didn't really have to do any promos. I, and I think he's good. It's just he's it just doesn't work on Raw. Put him on two or five live. Have him feud with everybody else. That's that's just my opinion. I'm sorry, and it's not his fault. It's just WWE's mode of being on Raw. He would do better on SmackDown to me. Yeah, and he's a manager. He, he needs somebody to talk for him. Yep. Get Paul uh, All right, spring break. Here we go. It is now time for the flavor of the week. Right. The other chat. Um, let's see. Leo Rush can have a great career. I don't see 205 live last. Yeah, I don't know, man. Something about good job, JHP. Um, honk, the Honky Donkey Man. All right, so let's go through the uh, Intercontinental Championship um, tournament. So we'll start off with Steamboat versus Santana. Ricky Steamboat versus Tito Santana. Um, who is your pick to win that? So we'll start off with uh, with that one. 
Um, whoever has the most between Steamboat and Santana. Um, all right, so Steamboat advances. Although I liked both of them, but Steamboat's uh, he's my favorite man. Steamboat's number in my he's number three in my top five of all time. Uh, yeah. Next is uh, Greg Valentine versus Pat Patterson. Greg Valentine versus Pat Ooh. Patterson. Valentine um, for me. Both nice guys. You get, I, was joking, I was joking with, with Valentine two weeks ago about how he never smiles. <laughs> yeah. Look at that stone cold look. He then he smiled and laughed at me, but yeah. Oh, geez, uh, see, two Valentines. All right, the next person I see is the uh, is the tiebreaker. Next person I see is the tiebreaker, Patterson. All right, uh, Pat, Pat. Pat Wild Boy eighty seven. Next is uh, <laughs> they don't need parents. Or, or you could be like uh, Undertaker's uh, theme song for one year. There ain't no grave to hold my body. Oh man. gosh! Now everyone to be Johnny Cash. Yeah, could be Johnny Cash and Metallica like the year after. Yeah. Um, that, that's the only game right, Hell in the Soul actually had theme music. Rude versus Patera. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 do the enemy remain? <laughs> yeah. And it came on when it was coming down. <laughs> oh, look yeah. what That was easy. Uh, next is Don Morocco versus the Hunky Dunky Man. Uh, I'm not name the last time at the moment, but I say Morocco. Uh, we got Morocco versus the Hunky Dunky Man that uh, Santino would say. Good trivia. What was Don Morocco's nickname? Uh, it was two things. It was The Rock and it was uh, Magnificent. Yep. And his finishing move was? Uh, the tombstone. The, uh, yeah, he was the, good old times. Um, before uh, the tombstone existed. Well, he would kind of do like a reverse pile driver. Like he was, he held like the, the, from the side. It wasn't like, uh, both legs was on one side when Marco did it. Um, but Tinker did it, you know, his head was in between the legs. Uh, all right, Morocco. Team Stone was Finley's. Who's? The Belfast Bruises Team Stone, the spinning one. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. All right, next we got Steamboat versus Patterson. Steamboat versus Patterson. Who do you all Steamboat versus Patterson. That sounds like a really cool match. <laughs> steamboat, steamboat, steamboat. Steamboat, steamboat, steamboat. Uh, all right. Looks like uh, the dragon. 
Keep it on. And, um, I really like this music in uh, WCW. Play the best thing, yeah. Took five at the beginning. By the time it started, you made it ring. Our Rude versus Morocco. The Morocco who? Rude. Simply rappers. Rude. Man, the WCW, man, I'll tell you what. There's some great man. things, People man. Can tell you what you want. The WCW has some super cool theme music, man. I mean, WWE did as well. Jim Johnson's one of the GOAT. Probably is the GOAT, actually, when it comes to wrestling uh, production, uh, music, theme song. But, um, man, they had, I remember, the, the, I remember, like, the waves. Uh, of themes of, of vocal theme songs. Um, it, it was like one mm-hmm. CD that came out, and then Slam Jam. Yeah. Great guys, so I had my audio, um, had my audio, audio delay. I'm 
Enjoyed it, everybody. Good night, guys. Sorry I did it for audio, audio uh, leg, but uh, enjoy everybody. Talk to y'all next week. Always remember. Good night.